There are two things I unapologetically love. Action comedies and impractical schoolgirl aesthetics. Tonight on the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, we will examine the film Debs, D-E-B-S, abbreviated. Our guest's mission, should they choose to accept it, is to tell me which is better, reforming a gorgeous criminal mastermind or going rogue to live out your days in a tricked-out Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Our first guest knows the value of accessorizing with the right phone shoe for the correct occasion. It's Amelia. My name's Amelia, and, like, I just really enjoy justice and, um, you know, getting intel for our fine country. Um, and I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator on Instagram. Great. Thank you. Our next guest is happy to lend a flame-throwing Swiss Army knife during a daring rescue or escape. It is Mel. So I am a master criminal, nicknamed that doggone criminal, because first I release puppies. And while you're distracted from the puppies, I steal all of your money. You can find me on Tumblr at Perhaps It May Be Dragons. (laughs) That's great. Thank you. And our final guest tonight is always prepared to jet set to new exotic locations. Just don't ask to borrow some floss, it might be laced with explosives. It is Ro. Hi, I'm Ro, and I'm one of the good guys. Or am I? You'll never know. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook at Susqueen. <laughs> I'm like I'm like a tuxedo mask type, you know? I just swoop in and like encourage the good guys a little bit and then take off and they're like we know who you are, but we have no idea who you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Great. So this week we will start with a little test. So the dubs are selected based on their ability to lie, but I will select a winner tonight based on their ability to detect the truth. Um, the first game is called Lie Detector Test, and it's essentially just two truths and a lie, but for the movie. And the winner this week gets to pick who provides our summary. So, a lot at stake here. So, I will read out a statement, and you get to guess, is it a truth or is it a lie? So, first statement. Sarah Foster and Jordana Brewster had to reshoot the sex scene because director Angela Robinson did not find the first one convincing enough. Okay, Amelia? I'm going to go with true. That is correct. It is true. They had to reshoot the sex scene because the director did not think it was authentic enough. Authentic? (laughs) Yeah, or convincing. Yeah. Uh. All right, our next statement. The length of each Deb's skirt was specific to the character, with Dominique's being the shortest and Janet's being the longest. Okay, Mel? Uh, That's true. That is true. Yep. I wonder what criteria they use to determine how long each Deb skirt needed to be. Is it like personality based or? Yeah, I yeah. think it was based on personality. Yeah, yeah well, because I know yeah. Dominic's was the shortest, right? Because she was kind of the more promiscuous one. Yeah. And Janet's mm-hmm. is the longest. Yeah, Janet's was the longest because she's more of the kind of goody two shoes, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Our next statement Devin Akoy, who plays Dominic, um, Smokes a lot in the movie, and she's actually a chain smoker and was excited to have permission to light up on set. Ro. I'm gonna go with false. 
That is correct. That is a lie. Although you never you never would have been able to tell watching the movie because she's smoking in like every single scene. <laughs> right. She um she said that <clears throat> she actually hated the smell of the herbal cigarettes she had to smoke on set for the character. So Max is constantly telling Dominic no boys are allowed in the room. But the boy who appears in the opening scene of the movie is someone that actress Megan Good actually dated before filming the movie. Nobody wants to buzz in for. <laughs> no. <laughs> no one wants to take a guess at this one? Shoot, I'll go for it. Alright, Ro. I'll pick true. That is correct. <laughs> it sounds plausible. <laughs> It is the truth. <laughs> Jill Ritchie, who plays Janet in the film, reprises her role from a short film in which the movie was based on. Mel. True. That is correct. Yep. Guess who read the TV tropes page? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Right, I so... should start doing that. <laughs> yeah. Do some homework before you come on. All right, this is the last one I have written down, so I may have to, like, quickly look some stuff up if this ends up in a tie. Because um, it should be our tiebreaker right now. We have two people with the same amount of points. So, I am going to read this out. Tell me if you think it is a lie or if it is the truth. When Scud returns all of the money Lucy stole electronically to the banks, there are three organizations listed. One of them is the Girl Scouts of America, the other is Planned Parenthood, and the other one is the Walt Disney Company. Amelia. Is that true? Nope. I to say, Walt Disney's pretty evil. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Yeah, the only one that's accurate on that list is the Girl Scouts of America in the film she did steal from the Girl Scouts of America. <laughs> Ballsy. <laughs> She probably gave it to World, to Walt Disney World. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know what to do, because right now we have a tie between Mel and Roe. Both had two answers correct. So, what should we do for a tiebreaker? Should I ask another one? Um, well, I don't have a yeah. summary prepared. So, Roe, do you have a summary like prepared? Because I, I don't. So if you want um, to be the one who does it. I could I could do one very quickly, probably. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want to. Alright, I I I'll go ahead and take this summary then. Uh yeah. to break we'll just to break call this it a tie, tie and <laughs> We'll call it a tie. Um we'll we'll settle it later with some rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. That works. So Debs is about a film uh no, wait, let me start over. <laughs> Debs is about a film. <laughs> All right. Debs is a movie about a college where girls go to if they like it. And apparently you can tell if people like it by their score on the SATs. Uh, the movie features a squad of four girls, uh, one of whom is in lesbians with a criminal. She doesn't know it, though. Uh, she, she she takes a while to figure it out. Um, 
Amy is in a four-person group. When they're notified that notorious criminal Lucy Diamond is back in town, they go on a mission to apprehend her, which is fraught with peril because apparently nobody is faced off against Lucy Diamond and lived to tell about it. The four-girl squad raids the restaurant, and Lucy and Amy meet up in the storage area, and after some intense lesbian stare-down action, um, they agreed to meet again for a second date, which this time takes place in a bank? I don't know. Um, while securing the vault, Amy gets kidnapped and held hostage for a week. But really, she was with Lucy lezzing it up, I guess? They were falling in love together. The Debs send a squad of, of people to take Amy back, and they discover Amy and Lucy in bed with each other. Um, and in order to save face, they make Amy give a speech about how Lucy is a terrible person, and she lived through this harrowing experience, and nobody should ever have to. And then, you know, Lucy comes and saves her. Her squad realizes that it's actually true love, and everything ends happily ever after. That's the movie. <laughs> should we launch into our discussion Absolutely. and talk about the movie? Let's do it. Yeah. So, what would we like to discuss first? The whole mid-2000s of it all? Oh, or... yes. So, Some... this movie, this is my first time ever seeing this movie, and one of the ab things that I absolutely love about it is just, like, so, you know how spy movies, like, really kitschy, like, gadgety, like, marketed for, like, kids and preteens, like, spy kids kind of spy movies were really popular in the early 2000s? They made, like, three spy kids, right? Um... This kind of has, like, that sort of vibe, only they were trying to sell it to a slightly older audience, I feel. Yeah. Like, yeah, I couldn't quite tell if it was geared towards, like, high school or college-aged. Somewhere around there, it, definitely. Yeah. Definitely had, yeah. like, a like a young adult Spy Kids kind of vibe, and I really dig that. <laughs> Well, and they clearly leaned into the comedy aspect of it. Like, they're not trying to make a serious spy movie here. It's definitely like a spoof or a, mm -hmm. a take on spy films, for sure. Oh, yeah. You can you can definitely tell. <laughs> I do love, though, how very super specific the spy gadgets were. I mean, you have your classic sort of rocket launcher car gags in there. Um, but also, I found the Room Finder incredibly fascinating i think on my rewatch of this because i've not watched it in a very long time and i had forgotten that that was in there i doubled over laughing because <laughs> it's just it makes no sense why that technology even exists i think my favorite um gadget gag is the gadget that lucy diamond has to blow up specifically australia <laughs> like all of australia <laughs> Right, because they know what they did. They know what they did. We're lo we're looking at <laughs> you, Australia. She doesn't like their attitude. Okay. She doesn't. <laughs> that was such a funny scene. That made me laugh. For sure. Yeah. And the funny thing is, like, sorry. The funny thing is, I think 
that they mentioned that she had tried to blow up Australia earlier in the movie. Like, this is not her first pass at blowing up Australia. Like, she oh, and Australia well, have a strained pass. <laughs> this is why you've got to read your TV tropes page. I know. In the movie, when they say, they're, oh, you had a bad breakup. It's supplementary information. The ex is from Australia. Oh. That makes, that makes so sense. much sense. So she was just trying to blow up Australia for revenge on yeah. this one person. We've all Take wanted it. to at some point. <laughs> right. Right. And I know they presented as evidence as to why she's a villain, right? That, like, when the Debs are getting their debrief on Lucy Diamond, they do mention the blowing up Australia thing as, like, yeah. here's evidence that she is an evil person. She wanted to blow up a whole country. <laughs> And apparently has a death ray to do it. <laughs> Still. And just hasn't yet. <laughs> Which makes me question why the Debs are being put on this incredibly important mission. Because um, the impression that I got is that they're still technically in training. Yeah, that's what by. it seems like. It honestly seems more like they were in training just so that the movie could have like the aspects of them like still being students or whatever, but, like, for all intents and purposes, like, they are just, like, actual spies, because they're already, like, on missions and, like, know how to fight and, like, all this other stuff. I do have a lot of questions about the Debs. Like, who are they affiliated with? Like, which governmental... Like, why are they doing joint missions with Homeland Security, of all people? (laughs) Like... I realized that this movie was made in 2004 and that, like, like America First stuff is kind of, like, big at the time and, like, Homeland Security was a relatively new thing then. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't... Why? <laughs> why? No, it's true. Yeah, I, I, I think them being in school was also an excuse to keep the schoolgirl aesthetic. That's... Yeah, I think it was yeah. more about that, that because also... Well. It was weird to me that they were supposed to be, like, in college, and they had these, like, schoolgirl uniforms to train to be spies. Okay. It seems very impractical. How are you gonna if, you be know, in like... the middle of a bullet fight in, like, a button-down tee tied around the waist? Yeah. And, like, a skirt that goes, like, halfway up the thigh? That is not proper combat attire. It's not. It's not proper combat look, attire. Look... <laughs> Also, that's not like a pleather cat suit. That is what I expect my female spies in movies to be wearing, okay? <laughs> Did weird things to my brain to get schoolgirl aesthetics and spy movie. But you know what? They got it and it kind of works. I mean, I enjoyed it. I kind of really thought of it as kind of like a cartoon. I think that young adult vibe yeah. was definitely there in the sense of like if this was animated... I think I would buy all of it 100%. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Isn't this animated just totally spies? <laughs> Basically. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't think anybody was gay and totally spies. It's gay totally spies. Okay, it's gay totally spies. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. 
So do we want to talk about Bobby? Oh my god. Bobby for me is the worst part of the film. Every oh yeah. Time he was on. I was cringing. I was sitting there going, I know that you don't die because I've seen this movie before, but maybe I'm remembering incorrectly and you fall down an elevator shaft because I hope that you go away. Maybe just... Wasn't he in Seventh Heaven? <laughs> was it? Maybe? It was like, yeah, he was like, um, either somebody's boyfriend or somebody's boyfriend's brother. On Seventh Heaven? Yeah, yeah, he was in Seventh Heaven. I'm looking at the IMDb right now. He was definitely in Seventh Heaven. He was also definitely in Wedding Crashers right after this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Only the finest cinema. I know! <laughs> it's just, how many times does she have to tell you no before you get it? Right? She's, he's like, yeah. now, that, now that you're not a lesbian anymore, I guess that means we're a thing, right? No. Here, take this shitty bracelet my dad got at some place where he was a spy at. <laughs> right. Oh. And I think it was interesting because she doesn't seem that into him. Ever. ever. Like, she's not really no. terribly <laughs> broken up about the breakup. She's not just, at like, all. But casually <laughs> drops it in as they're going to school, like, oh yeah, I'm done with that. You know. She <laughs> has no problem with using it to get away with um like as an excuse to go meet with Lucy though. Remember when she comes back from that first date? Oh yeah. And she gets she's caught like, and she's like, Oh yeah, I was taking a walk because I'm like distraught over my breakup or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, but, but even when she gives that excuse, it's kind of like, eh. <laughs> right? Like, like, almost like I'm supposed to say this, and that's what the other girls will understand. Okay, but, but the guy literally actually said, okay, but that whole lesbian thing, that's kind of hot. Uh, we're expected to take him inter- like seriously as a romantic interest after that. Like, there's no, there's no way... There's, like, actually no way. I mean, I, I don't know if we were ever supposed to take him seriously as a romantic interest. Oh. I kind of got the impression that he was, like, overly weird yeah. and and awkward and creepy on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Like, everybody else was taking him seriously in the movie, but, like... Yeah, except for like Amy! <laughs> I feel like the people that were taking him seriously were just kind of shitty, like, uh, Max... Max was right. just kind of shitty all around until the very end of the movie when she was like, if you hurt my friend, I'll kill you. Or I don't necessarily get why Max had such a change of heart. Like, up until yeah. that scene, she was really like, like, no, you need to be good spy. Don't go to art school. Break up with yeah. your criminal girlfriend. Like... Stop living the lesbian dream. We need you here because you're a spy. <laughs> also, don't steal my job. <laughs> that, that, yeah, all of that, just like... And then, like, she did, like, that weird thing where she was the one that suggested that... And that felt, like, backhanded and petty for me. When she was like, no, why are we going to let her go? We should make her, like, the spy of the year. And then she has to go to this event with Bobby... Like, when she knows that... She'll seal your fate as a, as a cishet woman. <laughs> yeah. See, that, that felt like rubbing salt into the wound, because even doing the whole, oh, okay, you're, 
you were actually kidnapped and you were brainwashed. Like, she didn't need a boyfriend to make that passable. There was no need to be like, oh, and you're going with Bobby. That just felt like a dig of, I'm going to force you into my view of what is normal. So mm-hmm. you have right. to be with Bobby. Right. right. This this movie had a very steep, like, compulsive heterosexuality curve. Mm-hmm. That you kind of have to get over to get to, like, all the gay stuff that makes this movie, like, really good. And I feel like we could have learned more about her character, why she was this way. Because, like, she clearly has some, like, insecurities about herself. And she's clearly very driven. And it would be nice to know why exactly, other than just wanting to be the best. Because, like, she's best friends with Amy, but she also seems incredibly competitive with Amy. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, you know, schoolgirl relationships are not like that, because they certainly can be. Um, I just thought, like, we could have explored that a little bit more and understand what their dynamic was, because I feel like I was told they were best friends, but I never saw that ever mm-hmm. right. in the film. Right. I feel like there was a lot about the relationships between the main characters that we just kind of, like, they're... In college, they're there, they're already friends, like, we're supposed to take a lot about their relationship for granted. Right. And kind of like we learn through dialogue after Janet and Amy are kidnapped um, and taken on their first date, that Janet messes up all the time, you know? And that's why she hasn't achieved her rank or gotten her strength right. or whatever it is they say. Like- yeah, she's she's like the like the bottom rung spy of this four person group, right? And yeah, and she, I found Janet really interesting because there was a lot of stuff that she needed to get over, but for the most part, she seemed like she really wanted to do the right thing. I like Janet a lot because <laughs> I know, like, she was kind of like an annoying good girl, right? You know, right. but like. At the end of the day, I feel like she really was, like, kind of a neutral good character almost. Because right. she was, like, trying to warn Amy, like, hey, your little, like, lesbian love nest is about to get broken up by, like, the other girls. Like, pick up, check your messages, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's also yeah. the one that's like, yeah, look, she's just going to be happy, like, let her... <laughs> Right. Yeah, I definitely felt like Janet was more of a best friend to Amy than Max yeah. was. And that's not what was communicated to us in the script, right? Yeah. The, the characters were saying that Max and Amy are best friends, but the, what I saw was that Janet and Amy are actually closer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she also had a pretty steep curve to get over herself, right? Because at the beginning of the movie, she was she had all of that, you know, what, you... You're a lesbian now? That makes you a slut or whatever. Yeah. Like, yes. And you have to, she had to kind of get over that bit. And I don't feel like she did that super successfully. But at the same time, she was the one who was the most there for Amy, who, mm-hmm. who did all this, who did all this stuff for her. And I feel like, yeah, she should have had best friend status. <laughs> Do we want to talk about Dominic? Just go through our four Debs. Oh, yeah. 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 I appreciate Dominique because what I love at the end was where she was just like, I never really liked you. 
Because I appreciate that because there was never any moments of, like, yeah, she doesn't, she's not antagonistic, but they never pull the whole, we were secretly friends or we were the be we were super close even though we never bothered to show it. They're like, no, we didn't show it because actually she doesn't like her. Yeah. They're <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Dominic was pretty straightforward. She didn't, <laughs> in yeah. all her she didn't have much to do, but when she did it, she looked great doing it. <laughs> yes, but her accent, uh, you know, it leaves a little bit to be desired. <laughs> I feel like both both the accents in this movie were just terrible. Terrible, like the Jessica Caulfield, like the what's her name? The Ninochka. <laughs> yeah, Ninochka's accent was painful. It was terrible. It was absolutely <laughs> terrible. And so is Devin Aoki's, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was, it was but that somehow makes the movie better, I think. I feel like it fits with, yes. like, the general feel of the movie. Like, this is not a movie where I would be expecting to see well-done accents. That would have been more shocking to me. Yes. Right. Definitely Russian accent by way of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We'll go on the date, and then we go get capture moose and squirrel. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, how do we feel about Lucy Diamond? I Fox. love her. I loved her. She's my problematic fave. <laughs> exactly. Yep. We, we've got to go over the problems with her. Like, Jordana Brewster is gorgeous, and I think she did a great job as the character, but she is stalkery. Also, how on earth does her gadget already be able to track Amy? It specifically says, not Amy, not Amy, Amy. How fast did she do that? Did she? Does she have her DNA? How did she get the DNA if that's how she's tracking she's her? She's probably stealing questions. pieces of her hair. That's my guess. Or she just planted a tracker on her during the first date. Like, <laughs> Sorry to give you a plausible, a plausible reaction, but... <laughs> Possible. It's very easy to just get some casual contact, especially if you're a criminal mastermind like Lucy Diamond supposedly is, to just get some casual contact with a hot lady, slip a tracker on her, and then use that to pl possibly find her room at a spy academy later. <laughs> and I mean, who doesn't want the kind of supervillain who programs something that looks like a bomb, but it pops open and it's actually kind of like a valentine for you. Sweet. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. How do we feel about her dramatic exits? Just leaving diamonds everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. that. How much money does she spend on that? How much money does she have? <laughs> uh, right? She's an international like, got diamond go thief. Okay, she's probably got all the money that she needs to be pulling it's these like stunts. She stole every diamond in the world and replaced it with cubic zirconium, and now she just has all the diamonds to just throw willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah, just anytime she leaves a place, diamonds. You know. <laughs> they can't know... They are a girl's best friend. <laughs> and I'm just wondering if she's been doing that all along, because the, the way they talk about her character... I mean, Amy's writing a thesis on her, 
So she's been active for quite some time in the, the criminal field. Right. It, it seems like she would be, either that's a new development, or she's been throwing diamonds every time she leaves a place for years. Uh, for a while. We've got, enough, we've got enough evidence that she had to have been doing it for a while, because when Amy first claims, oh, I ran into Lucy Diamond, the others don't believe her for a moment until they find the diamonds. Right. It's like her calling so, card. Yeah, it's her calling card. Yeah. What I want to know. Nobody scoops these up and is just like, "Woo, mine now," because that's what I would be doing. Can yeah. <laughs> what I want to know is if those diamonds are ethically sourced. <laughs> Probably I'm not a criminal, criminal so. mastermind. <laughs> Can we talk about Lucy Diamond's gay best friend who's not gay? Yeah, I was confused. My partner actually watched, like, my partner watched, like, five minutes of the movie with me, and his first reaction when Scud came on screen was, is that dude gay? Nobody sure, went, he sure looks it, and he sure acts like it, and he sure gives relationship he advice sure like he He should be. He should be gay. He should have been gay. Yes, because we yeah. we all know queer solidarity is definitely a real right? thing. We find each if other. You're we going, congregate. If you're going to lean into the angle that the bad guys are the gay ones, really just lean into it, man. Like, <laughs> make all the bad guys gay. Why not? Just own it. Own it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's 2004. We haven't hit the PC movement yet. Just go for it. <laughs> Right. Yeah, definitely. And the the relationship between him and Janet felt really forced to me. Like, I could see it coming for, like, a mile, and I did not want it (laughs) the entire time. I was like, no, please don't do this. Please don't do this. (laughs) Oh, no, thank you. Don't force this upon us. All right, well, our next game is Gay Set Match. And the rules are, I pick a category, and everybody gives me their best possible answer for that category. And I get to choose which one I like. And I believe we go in pairs, yes? Yes. So, all right, we will go based on that then. So, first category is, which Deb deserves her standalone franchise? If this were going to become a sort of Fast and Furious... Hobbs and Shaw spinoff kind of franchise series. Which Deb should get her own movie or set of movies? Who would you like to see? So I'm going to start with Mel and Ro. Dominique. Okay, I'm, I'm going to have to definitely say Dominique should get her own. Why? Because she is basically a female James Bond. She can bet any dude she wants to do. She's pretty badass. She's very beautiful. And it's about time we got a woman in that kind of role. And Mel took my first choice. (laughs) And mine. (laughs) We all love Dominique. (laughs) It's okay. My second choice is just as good. I want a spinoff series about that one random Deb who just runs down the hallway shouting, Top Secret Security (laughs) Alerts! Like, what is her deal? Where did she come from? How did she get this job? I demand answer. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's going to give me a hard choice. So, oh, you don't have to I choose. <laughs> Amelia has to choose. Yeah, that's I true. have to choose. Um, I 
am going to go with the girl that ran down the hallway because I also was very curious about her. That is, like, I think one of the best scenes in this whole movie. Isn't it, though? <laughs> Isn't it, though? <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> the way she's just, like, flailing around as she's running, too. Like, she has put her whole body into, like, the one scene that they hired her for. Oh, yeah. You know you know, she's, like, out to earn every, like, last cent of that equity-mandated check. Or SAG-mandated check. <laughs> That's the one I meant. SAG. Sag's the one that does movies. (laughs) All right. So our next pair off then is going to be Mel and Amelia. Tell me which Deb deserves her standalone franchise. So Mel, do you want to stick with your first answer or do you want to give us a different answer? I'm going to stick with my answer. Okay. Amelia? Uh, I would like a spinoff of Janet. I just, you know... I think uh, I think her character was entertaining enough and funny. Like I just want to see what her deal is. How did what school did she go to? How did she get into Debs? Like, you know, does she ever get her stripes and graduate? I need to know. She got her stripes at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but we could definitely use an origin story for Janet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am really into the idea of a Janet origin story, but Dominique, like, just Dominique. James Bond. Every everything about everything about that vibe, just like. But only if they hire like an actual French Asian person to play her. Yes. Because that yes. because that would be. I don't want to watch the whole movie. Really, of that that would be actually really cool. I would watch like ten movies. <laughs> yeah. Right. For sure. Okay, then we are going to do a mashup then of Amelia and Roe. So, do y'all want to change your answers or stick with your answers? I'm sticking with mine. Stick with mine. Okay, so we have the uh, Janet sort of origin story or the alert girl just pick to, to know more of what her deal is and what her job is. The alert girl. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> she was fantastic. She was, she really she was. She stole fantastic. the movie with her one scene. <laughs> Nice, nice. All right, so our next category is what cutting-edge new spy technology needs to be added into this film? We saw, of course, the classic car rockets. We've talked about human room tracking devices, blowing up Australia rays. What sort of invention do you think can be added to this film? And we'll start again with Roe and Mel. Um, so this is a little weird, but I don't want to see like necessarily cutting edge spy tech. It would have been nice to just see like texting was a thing. So it was a question for me of like, Hey, you know, you two could be secretly texting each other right now. (laughs) That might've been easier. You're going to use up all your data, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you're going to run out of text messages. This is 2004. Okay. (laughs) You're going to pay like 50 cents per character, but. 
Yeah, how many diamonds is that? You're at you're at spy school. You can probably afford that, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Or maybe spy school gives you unlimited texting. Ooh. The technology before the rest of us. Wow. That's true. But wouldn't they have smartphones then? They did have smart watches. They did have smart watches. Yep. How very prescient of them. Um, I think for my gadget, I'm going to have to go with the shitty ex-boyfriend detonator. <laughs> because, because her ex-boyfriend just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Bobby. Bobby is his name. I don't like Bobby at all. And I feel like, like, he could have blown up and I probably would not have cared. You would have cheered. I, I would have cheered. <laughs> Don't lie to us. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we have texting, just regular texting, or a bad boyfriend detonator. Those are our choices. Uh, I'm gonna go with the bad boyfriend detonator. Oh, bless you. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> all right. Then we're going to go with Amelia and Mel for our next set in this category. So, Mel, do you want to stick with your answer or do you want to change it? I'm gonna stick with the texting. Sticking with texting. All right. So, Amelia. Uh, so mine is actually, funnily enough, similar to texting, uh, except that I wanted some kind of a self-destructive, like, microchip pill. You know how, like, in Inspector Gadget, he, like, swallowed the notes? It would be like that, but just specifically so that Amy and uh, Lisa could... Lucy, sorry, Lucy? and Lucy could uh, could pass notes to each other that nobody else could see because they'd self-destruct. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so how are they going to secretly communicate? <laughs> Texting or self-destructive notes? <laughs> I feel like... Small explosion, I, noticeable, or just text. I feel like at, at this point, since we're talking about a spy movie, I have to go with the least practical solution. So <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... Destructive notes... <laughs> Even though 2004 right. texting is impractical enough as it is. <laughs> All that T9. Mm. Oh, that terrible T9. Mm. I'm so glad that we've evolved past T9. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, T9 is when you had to use the number pad to text. <laughs> <laughs> What's a number pad? <laughs> That meant you had to memorize how many clicks to get to your letter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was I was so good at T9 and senior year of high school. I didn't even need to look at that bitch. I could pretend to be paying attention in class so good. Exactly. I came into exactly. cell phone ownership when they were starting to roll out the slide phones with the full keyboards. So thankfully, I uh -huh. never had to spend too much time on T9. But man, was that shit a headache. <laughs> yeah. I loved my sidekick when I got it because I felt so cool sliding it right. up and just using the full keyboard even though it was a phone that was very impractical and broke easily <laughs> but it did become the pre like it was the predecessor to the android I think 
Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Like, I think All what right. software literally... Hmm. Interesting. So, we have exploding messages for the win on that one. So, we're going to put Amelia against Roe. So, do you guys want to stick with your answers, or do y'all want to change them up? I'm good. All right. I like my bad ex So, boyfriend detonator or self-destruct messages are our choices. Okay. While the self-destruct messages are brilliant and probably something that they would have done in the film, I've got to go with the boyfriend detonator just because I hate Bobby so much. (laughs) (laughs) But why? Bobby was so great. He was the romantic lead we all need, okay? He's this strong homeland security guy. He'll protect you. He has that bracelet that he got from his dad from that one place. You know who he kind of reminded me of was Riley from Buffy. (laughs) You know when she has that really shitty military boyfriend in like season five, I think, or four? Yeah. Definitely some Captain Cardboard vibes for sure. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. All right. Well, we have a definitive winner, and that's Rose. Hooray! I win! (laughs) Wow! Finally! I got an idea for the worst possible sequel, though. Oh, tell us anyway. Okay. So my worst possible sequel for Debs is Dicks, which is dudes, invincible, uh, control, killing. And it's just a bunch of guys who think that they're the Joker. Oh, no. (laughs) Hey, you said worst possible sequel. (laughs) I would actually watch that, though. (laughs) Worst possible sequel. That is a pretty good answer. So I have to ask our our lovely panelists, our guests, would you recommend Debs? I would, for sure. It was funny, it was charming. I'd watch it again. Um, I would say that absolutely. Now, I have to give the caveat that I have nostalgia goggles. Um, I mentioned this before we got on, but I'll mention this now again. Uh, Debs was my first gay movie after realizing that I was on the queer spectrum. So it was the first movie that I was sneaking on Logo while my parents were upstairs and, you know, switching the channel to commercials to other channels whenever it looked like somebody was going to come downstairs. So Debs is special to me because of that. But it's also just a fun movie. Very fun. I think... Um, for what it is, I would recommend it, although I think it doesn't necessarily hold up the best nowadays. You have to get over a lot of, like, compulsory heterosexuality and a bit of ableist language as well. But if you're willing to look at it for what it is as a piece of film that came from, what, 2004? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, give it a watch. If you like kitschy spy movies, absolutely give it a watch. I mean, I do love a kitschy spy movie. Like I said, two of my favorite loves are <laughs> action comedies and impractical schoolgirl aesthetics. So I I do love this movie. I would recommend it as kind of like a, a stair step into queer cinema, maybe, because it, it has a lot of 
you know, issues, but I think it's also incredibly fun, and it's a good one to kind of start off with. Right. If you're going to start kind of into the genre yourself, it's it's definitely one of the more fun and, and entertaining ones compared to some of the more dramatic stuff that might leave you feeling really sad. Right. <laughs> right. So, do we have some two-sentence reboots for the film? Anybody want to tell us what your reboot would be for this film, if you were going to reboot it or reboot some part of it? I would remake it as a musical. Like an action comedy musical. And, you know, obviously take out some of the uh, the more cringy, like, mid-2000s stuff, but... Musical. I would keep everything... I would keep the costumes, I would keep the aesthetic, I would keep the script, but I would gender swap the entire cast. <laughs> Boys in schoolgirl uniforms. That's all I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> so I would watch that. <laughs> I would mostly keep it how it is, but make a few tweaks here and there but also we're gonna ditch the schoolgirl uniforms because it feels infantilizing and i'm gonna put them in cat suits instead yes i i would watch that well i i don't know what i would change really um my issues with it are are usually just more i want to learn a little bit more about the characters and and honestly i kind of wish this was a film franchise i wanted more deb stories just in general (laughs) You know, I I wanted to know more about the four main characters. I wanted to see what happens to Lucy and Amy after they get together. Like, a sequel would have been super fun in sort of a Mr. and Mrs. Smith style. Like, do they start fighting? Do they have to work together? You know, Uh, it would have been interesting. I would, not going to lie, I would love to see, like, a Deb's cinematic universe. (laughs) Right, yeah. I mean, 21 you, you movies. kind of built in, because obviously Debs is a take on the word debutante, right? Well, what did debutantes do? They had coming out parties. Hey. So there's your sequel right there. Debs coming out. Yes! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our episode. Um Thank you for listening to the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association podcast. I don't know if there's anything else I need to say. Until next time, my name has been Bobby. And I just want to say that just because somebody is an incredibly attractive criminal mastermind, it doesn't mean that they can't love you in a very deep and meaningful way. (laughs) Later. Later.